0: Dear family members and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, who is the light that scatters the darkness. Yes, the light of the world. In the Gospel text for this morning, we hear again one of the most beautiful, and most heartwarming passages in all of the New Testament. It's a word from God that takes up faith-filled residence in the form of a song. It's a song of confidence that's sung by a patriarchal figure in the Jewish faith. A man who's old and now nearly blind, whose name is Simeon. All his life, Simeon had prayed that he might live long enough to see the promised Messiah. And so now in our gospel text, upon entering the temple in Jerusalem, there stand Mary and Joseph with the baby Jesus, ready to offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God for his birth. And at that very moment, the wings of the Holy Spirit alight upon old Simeon, revealing to him that he's now looking into the very face of the long-awaited, prophesied Messiah. And so taking the baby Jesus in his arms, he breaks into what is known in our Judeo-Christian tradition as Simeon's Song. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared in the presence of all people. A light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to the people Israel. Now here's a question to ponder. Why after all the festive celebrations of candlelight services, singing joy to the world, the exchange of colorfully wrapped gifts or some up on the rooftop highs with family and friends, which we're so so sore looking forward to in 2021. What in the world are we doing talking about death in this gospel text? After all, Luke's account of Simeon's troubling song is simply haunted by this specter of death. I mean alongside all the other Christmas carols that we've been singing. This one sounds quite peculiar, out of place, dissonant. So let me ask the question again. What's all this talk about death doing in the middle of our Christmas celebrations of new life? Well, maybe we should go back a bit first. In St. Luke's Gospel, text for us today. It's now been 40 days since Jesus' birth. After eight days, Jesus had been circumcised and named in accordance with Jewish law and custom, according to Leviticus 12 and Exodus 13. And so now, 32 days later, Jesus' parents are again performing their duty as Orthodox Jews by returning to the temple, this time in order to offer a sacrifice and consecrate their child to God. They must have been in a rather solemn mood that day, full of reverence and expectancy, the way many young parents are in our congregation when their first child is to be baptized. It's not hard to imagine, therefore, the quiet procession they must have made to the great temple, their awe at entering this great holy space, their nervousness as they prepare to sacrifice two turtle doves again according to the law. Nor is it difficult, I think, to imagine their reaction to an old man named Simeon, coming forward now out of the shadows as wonderfully depicted by what art history calls the master of light, that is Rembrandt, in his depiction of this story from Luke 2, using what in Italian is called chiaroscuro. That is the use of darkness and light. Note the shadows here, but also especially study where the light is coming from. And we'll return to that in just a moment. So Simeon scoops up the child in his arms and he begins to prophesy about him. Startled at first, perhaps even a bit frightened by the old man's ecstatic face, Mary and Joseph yield to him. Yesterday, I was reading a newsletter by Pastor Bruce Benson, formerly the St. Olaf chaplain, in the forthcoming issue of Sing for Joy. And Pastor Benson writes, Young parents are often pleased and proud to show newborns to their grandparents and elders, delighting in their blessing. Christmas is a season when many infants are bundled and trundled off to family gatherings where they're introduced to grandparents and other family for the very first time. So writes Pastor Benson. So in hearing Simeon's prophecy, Mary and Joseph are reminded of the events of the previous weeks when angels and shepherds had slid into their little nativity scene to foretell the greatness of this, their son. How puzzled they must have been at what we now call Simeon's song. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart. In peace. The words I'm fairly certain are familiar to most of you. You have heard these words referred to as the nunc dimittis, which in Latin means now send away. Sometimes they're sung after Holy Communion, or more likely you've heard them spoken at the close of a funeral service, expressing Simeon's pious thanksgiving to God for the birth of this Christ child and his earnest plea for peace." This song has become one of the most familiar and one of the most beautiful in our Christian liturgy. And yet, when I pondered these words again this past week, as I imagine Mary and Joseph also did, there's that peculiar ring to it again, off-key, dissonant, making us uncomfortable. Listen in again. Lord, lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Beautiful words, to be sure, but also troubling, for let's not kid ourselves. When Simeon asks that he be allowed to go to depart in peace, he's asking for what? To die. And so we wonder again, why in the world would St. Luke record this peculiar scene and song in his gospel witness? Why would he move from the beauty and comfort and joy of the Nativity straight to Simeon's rather, let's say, morbid request for death? And why must we focus on that request and thus on death? Just a couple of days now since we've celebrated on Christmas Day. You see what I mean? What's all this talk about death doing right smack dab in the middle of all the light and life of Christmas celebrating Christ's birth? Shouldn't St. Luke and we leave death outside our doors just this once to deal with it later like just another of our holiday shopping bills? Shouldn't we, or at least can't we, ignore it or deny it at least until the family leaves on January 2nd. But there it is, you see, death never takes a holiday. And haven't you ever noticed that this is perhaps never more apparent than during the holidays? A time when our hopes are regularly joined to our fears and expectations so often tinged with sadness. My friends, in this year of 2020, covered by the dark pall of the COVID pandemic and all of its tragedies, I think we're in a much better place to understand the gravity, but also the grace of this beautiful story. For many of us know all too well how the loss of a loved one makes this Christmas season particularly difficult simply by the lighting of a candle, the singing of a carol, or even maybe the touch of a favorite ornament. Some fleeting memory of Christmas past. Well, guess what? Simeon's got you covered because Simeon's no different. He's an old man now. He's been around the block more than a few times. And so we can imagine he's also tasted love and lost, joy and despair, hopes and fears, just like you and me. You see, Simeon sings of death simply because he can't help himself, because he, like us, lives with death every day. As Shakespeare writes in his famous play Macbeth, Thou sure and firm-set earth, hear not my steps, which way they walk. For fear, the very stones prate of my whereabouts. But take note here. That is more than merely stark realism. For St. Luke is clear that Simeon is able to speak of death so confidently only in the light of the coming of the promised Messiah. Only that is by the confidence that in this vulnerable child, God has come to redeem Israel and save the world. I'd like to have you just look at this painting with me for a moment. Look at these tired old eyes of Simeon, wearied for all of the Advent waiting. If you've studied Rembrandt's painting, you'll know that this is actually a self-portrait of Rembrandt himself. Rembrandt has painted himself right into this account from Luke chapter 2. And the story is told that when family came to visit Rembrandt one morning, finding him passed away, that he had died. This painting was next to his bedroom in his studio. The paint hadn't even Yet dried. How perfect this is. And so also I think it's important for us to note where is the light coming from? It's not coming from above where you'd normally see the use of light in a painting or even from out on the horizon. But it's coming from the Christ child up into Simeon's face. And what comfort and joy This text, this painting must have brought Rembrandt, as he too said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace, passing away just the very next day, the paint not even having dried. Lord, Simeon sings, now you can let your servant go in peace, for your word has been fulfilled. Simeon perceives, you see, that in the Christ child, God has kept God's promises. That is, in this newborn baby, set for the rise and fall of many, God has acted once and for all to address the question and specter of death with the promise of new life. And so I was mistaken earlier. Simeon doesn't ask for death. Rather, he accepts it courageously confidently in the light of God's promised salvation which has come to him in the Christ child, the Messiah. And he does so again only upon seeing and holding God's promise in his hands, only after touching and feeling the promise of life which God granted to him through Christ and which God grants also to you again this day in your hearing this then is why we sing Simeon's song after receiving Holy Communion for at the Lord's table we too like Simeon not only hear but also see and touch and life God makes to us and this explains why we sing Simeon's song in the evening or at funerals for as darkness seeks to overcome the world Be it the darkness of evening or death, we commend ourselves, all of our lives, and our loved ones to the God made known through the manger and through the cross. Yes, the God who has promised us eternal life in holy baptism. Anchored by this promise, we can go to our night's rest in confidence and entrust even our loved ones to the God we know in Christ Jesus. To conclude. And so we continue singing Simeon's song as we will today at the end of our service, all these many years after the event St. Luke has recorded for us this day, because it bears witness to God's great love for us, a love that even death cannot destroy. For like Simeon, we also need to hear and see and touch God's promise, the promise that God will be with us and for us forever, the promise announced in the birth of the holy babe in a manger. Beloved family members and friends of First Lutheran, on this eve of a new year and in the days and years to come, I wish you not simply a merry Christmas, but a blessed Christmas, a Christmas that's so infused by God's promise, God's promise of presence and peace that you will go forward into this new week with confidence, neither denying the harsh realities of this life nor being deterred by them, but rather facing whatever comes your way in the coming days and years with good courage. So why would we sing about death just a week after Christmas celebrations of life? So that by naming death, it may no longer terrify or diminish us. As with the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, we need no longer fear anything. For in the birth of the Christ child, lo, some 20 centuries ago, and now again as we gather around God's word for us, for you, this day, we too have seen and heard and tasted and felt God's steadfast and tenacious commitment to be both with us and for us forever. And suddenly this side of Christmas, Simeon's peculiar yet courageous carol is also now our own. Lord, now lettest thou thy servants depart in peace, for your word has been fulfilled for Christ the Savior, is born for you. Yes, Christ the Savior is born for you. And it's a new year in the light of Christ. Amen.